Welcome to the one and only episode number 11 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. If you have not subscribed already on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or YouTube, you are breaking my heart. So, you should go on, subscribe to one of those channels, leave a comment, say what's up, let me know how I'm doing, um, and then go about your fucking business. On today's episode, I have a very special band with me. They're called The Host Club. Uh, and I actually used to play in that band. If you go back to episode number three, um, I played with them for a little while, got a bunch of cool opportunities with them, and they're the nicest guys ever. So I can imagine that this podcast is going to be nothing short of amazing. So episode number 11 of the Don't Start a Band podcast, this is The Host Club. Cue the music. Aaron Elrod of the Host hey. Club. Long time no see. <laughs> One of uh, the three brothers in the band. Yeah, I'm the oldest of the. Uh, we actually have six kids in our family. Oh yeah, I forget but, that. Oh, but only all the other siblings. Yeah, the the oldest one isn't really that musical, but yeah, the other two are musicalish. Yeah. Well, so musical. give us uh, give us. Uh, the listeners and watchers a little brief history well i've been writing and doing music since i was about 21 Mm -hmm. in college and i had never where'd you go to college i went to college in canada at a little school called uh briarcrest like a little christian oh damn yeah that's pretty up in saskatchewan so it was cheap so that's why i went there oh that's cool uh but it was cool, and I learned a lot. of I did a lot of voice. I did opera and shit, even though I didn't like opera. Mm-hmm. I just did it because they made you do it. And then I learned recording, and then I started writing my own stuff, and then I brought that back after two years there. Yeah. And then my brother Adam was really into guitar, and he's like, <clears throat> why don't we do something? And so we started playing like these barbecue shows, like yeah. covering Nirvana and shit, which I hate now, but sorry. To yeah, Nirvana I'm, not, I'm not big on Nirvana. No, I'm just not in... Anyway, we were trying to pander to the uh, sorry Dave drunk girl. crowd, so yeah. But so we did that for a while, and then we were like, let's let let's make a really good project because I was making shitty EPs that were like just bad, really bad. I would yeah. never play them. And so then I finally was like, Adam and Alex, let's get four really solid songs together, and we had that EP that we the ended tut, up giving tut, to you and tut, <laughs> That was a bomb ass EP. I don't know about that. Was it? See, I always loved the the first version oh. of Reasons. Really? Yeah. That's I don't weird. know why. I just I gotta listen. I haven't heard it in years. Yeah, I've listened to it multiple times. I that's enjoy awesome. it thoroughly. But that's how we met. So that was 2010 ish. 2009, 2010. 
is when we met is when we made the ep oh when you made the ep and so we put everything into it we were working at starbucks and it was just shit life you know in the mountains in the mountains in idaho springs and so we're like okay let's get all of our parts out We'll, we'll figure everything out we went into the studio for two days in boulder with jason mcdaniel okay and we just knocked it out and in was, two days in two days damn it was awesome so it was super fun and then we got we heard from D- don was it yeah. i guess weird people found shout the out team. don scott don yeah of great sweet guy that's how he found me. Did you know that? He did, yeah. With Craigslist or something? Yeah, he found me on Craigslist because I posted about looking for a band. I'm surprised you didn't murder, like we didn't get murdered. Yeah, thank God it was me and not somebody else. Yeah, well, like Craigslist is like yeah. so dangerous, I feel like. But anyway, so I remember coming in to where we're sitting right now, which is crazy. We came upstairs into your house and you're mm-hmm. like fucking 17. He's like, yeah. And you, like, you took us so, because you're 17. Yeah. And, and he made it such a fucking big deal, and it really was like, oh yeah, we were he, nobodies. He told me that um, <laughs> you guys were going to be playing at the Fillmore. What the that fuck? You're going to be opening for all these bands, and like, That's I mean, me being you. young and naive, I was like, this is my fucking Isn't ticket. It? I'm not going to have to graduate high school. It'll be like I always dreamed that no. I just get to drop out my senior year and go on tour and never look back. Um, That's what we were hoping for too, but we were old. I will have to say though, the music, in terms of the music, the music could have done it for sure. I think it was really. I don't. I don't know why, man. I, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt. Like, no, you don't. That's why I'm like, yeah. Oh my god, I missed my chance. Uh, no, it was fun. But when we had you, I still remember like auditioning you. And again, mm-hmm. they just took me up and like we were on this wild ride. I was like 26 or something. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be famous finally after like six years of this. Mm-hmm. Of course, it didn't happen at all. But I remember t- like, I forget what we had you play. I think you played our songs. Like you had learned them the day before. I, yeah, I learned them a couple days before we. And then we had one practice. That's right. And then we played a show. Didn't we play what? Oh, was that? It was an odd. Well, it was an audition, or not an audition, but the first round of a battle of the bands to play Warp Tour. That's right. That was with that kid like hanging off the yeah rafters well, with that the long was, hair. That, no, that was, was like the second round. Yeah, because the first round was at the Marquee. That was an awesome show, actually. Yeah, I liked that. It was awesome. So it was like. It was amazing, and of course, you were like, "Oh, we're like, oh my god, he's so good, and he's only 17. and we're all like, Alex was twenty two, so he was a bit older, but yeah, I was like twenty five or twenty six, so I was like old, and I was like, "Very good, young man." Ex- that's how I felt. That's how I act, though. So I think that's yeah. why you're probably like, he's kind of a dick. Well, I was just like super nervous because, like, obviously, I believed in my ability, but I knew that. The songs were very tasteful, and at the time, uh, I loved pop punk and hardcore music. So I was like, for some reason, for the longest time, I was stuck on making sure that my influences were in everything I played. But that makes sense at that age. Yeah. I don't think that there's a, I mean, I get like how we had you know, yeah. moments of conflict. But I think, too, and this has always been a hard thing for us, it's three brothers, 
Yeah. And so whenever someone comes in, we're always like, mm, okay, we'll let you stay here. <laughs> Three but on one. Yeah, it kind of is. And, and yeah. I think we've realized that, uh, I mean, trust me, talk to Jeff or Nick, our producers, and mm-hmm. we'll be like, fuck those kids. <laughs> always outvoted. Yeah, we're like a three-headed monster, and they have to like beat us back with like... Alex is the worst one, though. Yeah, Shout Alex out, is... Alex. Yeah, Alex is pretty crazy. He's like uh, the... You know what's funny is we were talking before the podcast, and you said that he was always the more hyper-eccentric uh-huh. brother. But <laughs> I never saw that side of him. And like now knowing that, he probably like walked in, met me, and was like, who the fuck is if this you both. If you both had stayed like, like yeah. you were, there couldn't it wouldn't have worked because no. Alex was like off the chain usually, but then mm-hmm. you kind of filled that role, which was very fun. Yeah, this child. I was like, but the thing about it is like I, I was telling Jake before the show too. I'm like, when you when we talk about it now, even though we were like fighting and like shut up, why are you so annoying and loud and you won't shut up? <laughs> <clears throat> and we're like, stop playing when we're trying to talk. Because you're always like, (laughs) and we're like trying to be like, when's that verse? Yeah. And now being the band leader of my band, I do that. (laughs) But I don't say anything. I just stand there and go. Just scowl. Yeah. Usually it gets the point across. Or I have that stance like the teacher in high school, the, I'll wait. Yeah. Are you done? I'll wait. Is it out of your system now? (laughs) So we did that, but you never got it out of your system because your energy level... Why the fuck did you drink energy drinks? Because you'd be like drinking Red Bull. I'm like fucking like it's yeah. cocaine. Like I, you, I didn't. It's the equivalent. It. Well, you know, <laughs> theoretically, they say people who have ADHD when you drink an energy drink, it's uh, theoretically you're supposed to have an adverse effect. Really? So it's it's kind of so it actually like, brought you down. Yeah, that was you down. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, and I I was also told later in life that that's where my candy fascination also came from, is the sugar had an adverse uh, effect. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. But yeah, it's kind of like Adderall, like for people who don't have ADHD, it's like speed and they're, you know, going, going, going. Oh, yeah. And that's for why me, college that's kids take it. Um, but uh, So it was stabilizing you in a way. Yeah, I tried taking it once, and it was just like, it brought me down, and I just remember like having laser focus. And oh, well, I feel bad now. I was like, "Oops!" Oh, so this is how everybody else. It's like, feels. oh, so this is normal people speed. This is dead. But like, I, and I was saying, like, uh, when we talk about those days now, it's never like, "Oh, fucking Jake was such a pain in the ass." It's like, "Oh," like, because it was like, yeah. Having another little brother, you know, they're both my younger brothers, but yeah. me and Adam are almost, a, we're like a year and two months apart. Mm-hmm. And Alex is about five years younger. So, but you were like the little brother and it was, yeah, it was fun. Like you did it in the end. You were like, oh, it's a bummer that we don't have the energy and that, and you've always been positive. Yeah. Like even in really bad situations, you were always like, yeah, but such and such. And we're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> We'll be famous. I hope that it just killed you when <clears throat> you kicked me out. I hope that, not like musically, obviously, because then you went on to make your album, which was phenomenal. 
that's nice of you to say. Yeah, but you were probably like, no, I, I oh, don't. I, I think wish that was. He had been a dick when we. I'll be honest. Out. It was a mistake. It's yeah. Legit. Like because the guy who replaced you was good, and he was a little calmer, and that <laughs> might have been the only thing that worked yeah. for us. But where you went, music. Actually, to be honest, it wasn't a mistake. Yeah. If you hadn't stopped, you probably would have been dragged along with us way too long. Well, you had too yeah. much you wanted to do that mm-hmm. you wouldn't have done with us because we were too megalomaniac. Well, we and are. at the time, I had started the Backseaters. Yeah. I was like writing my first songs, and I was also playing with Shoot to Please. That's and partly why we were like, all right, whatever. You hate yeah. us. Bye. We, yeah. But no, that's the thing about it is like most people in that situation, like leaving a band would probably be angry. I was just bummed because I wouldn't, I wasn't able to hang out with you guys all the time. And I, and I really was like, fuck, like, cause you, your energy was so good. And and the other guys were, they had decent energy, but they were, you're loyal. That's the thing. Like that's one of your top. I can't help it. You're loyal. You're just loyal to people. So us and i'm loyal so it makes me feel like oh shit well, i guess that's I one thing i've always loved about you is you always give it to someone like right on the nose like i'm not gonna sugarcoat it you fucked up or See, you're not playing like in that. time but i would rather have somebody speak to me like that otherwise yeah. i'm gonna keep doing the thing the same way i was doing it and it's just gonna drive but you this nuts. is why you have like this is why I always tell you on social media. I'm always like, you're amazing. Because you, you, there are people that go like, um, they plateau and they never push themselves. And yeah. they go like, I'm so good. And you listen to the music and you're like, that's shit. And you're shit. Stop. Yeah. But you're like, every time there's something new, I'm like, fuck. Like, okay, now you're like pushing it on songwriting. Now you're pushing it on vocals. Yeah. Now you're pushing it on, you're, you're pulling your drums way back to make it fit tastefully. So to me, I'm like, I'm glad you stepped out to do that because yeah. we would have cock blocked you. We wouldn't have let you. Well, I was able to get the punkness out of my system for sure. But again, like, and I, I didn't, my brothers kind of grew up on punk a little bit, mm-hmm. but I was like, I just want to listen to something beautiful. And it was like, it was gay <laughs> shit. So it's like, you know, Rufus Wainwright, literally gay. Like, yeah. So I, I love that kind of music, Baroque piano pop. <laughs> But no, uh, I never got the whole anime. No, uh, and then oh yeah, we're total nerds. I mean, thing. I love J-pop so well, much. Well, and I grew that's... up on it. Napster, Amy yeah. Hamasaki, Utah. Napster, Kaza, LimeWire. Um, but no, that's one thing that I wrote in my notes is: is there an easier way to find you guys on YouTube? No, I I was going to talk search the host club. You're going to find a lot of anime. Yeah, that's going to be based our name off of that. Anime. Yeah. But if there's an easier way. Yeah, that's it. I was thinking about that the other day. I got to talk to my producer about that. Mm-hmm. So we'll do we'll work on that. But we're on Spotify and iTunes. You can yeah. find us easy on those. Well, and the, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing that you're harder to find on YouTube because then like, you know, when you go searching for a page or a video and you finally find it and you're like, oh, fuck, yes. And then you like it or you subscribe to the page oh. so you don't ever lose it oh, and you I don't gotcha. have to go down that search, you know. So you got to figure that uh, out. Though. Maybe it does work. See, I always overthink these things and I go, oh, it could be good. Nah, it's bad. It could be good, though. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think 
and and your generation's a little more savvy about that. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I kind of have been around the social media, but I hate yeah. using it, which is not helpful. Yeah. So this day and age, like you have to, you can't not, you have to exist on there. Yeah. So luckily, we're on the main actual music programs. Yeah. I'm sure you are. Yeah. But um, but no, it was fun. Like, and I'm glad you. Like I said, I'm glad you did go your way and you mm-hmm. did your thing because we all have to mature by going, Oh, you know, I, I'm good at this. I'm, I can work hard and become better at such and such. And yeah. I, we were learning that as well in our own ways. So it worked for you well, like, you know, now yeah. you're basically a producer. So oh, I try. It's but good. It's good. The shit. funny thing about like the punkness of me is it all came to some sort of halt when I started writing my own songs. Totally. Because I was like, I'm going to bang these drums out and they're going to be dope. And then I go to start completing the rest of the song with a guitar part and lyrics. And I'm like, that doesn't fit at all. That's... I need something that's standard. Like, See, that's where you and I, you like, know. if we could have married those ideas earlier, I think it would have been like... yeah. But I was like, that's not how you play with this song. I have this vision. And you're like, I have this vision. <laughs> Double bass. <laughs> I, I Which, hey, it remember. did make it more interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I would say that one of the hardest shows, or not like, not as in difficult, but I went hard. When we played a big gig and opened for Blink-182. Yes. I don't think I've ever hit my drums hard for real and what's crazy is like it was the one band that should have not been well, the hardest i've ever gone i remember still walking by that band and like you were just like dying you're just like it's blink what remember and it was my chemical yeah. romance and everything yeah, my cam and uh blink 182 and we were what second or third yeah i think we were one of the second ones because i remember by the time we started playing, the amphitheater wasn't open, but they yeah. had opened the <laughs> initial gates, so everyone had to yes, sit there and right. watch us, and there was, like, a ton of people. It was exciting. It was really cool. I think part of me was, like, maybe there's a camera somewhere and Travis Barker's watching. He's just, like, trolling the bands. Hey, let me see if these guys are any good. Yeah. I thought, you know, on the offhand chance, I just, play really well. He's like, it's like, hey, you're 17. Come on. Join Blink-182. Or just, you know, come hang out. Come smoke some weed with us or whatever they do. They, uh, he actually, um, he put out a autobiography and after the plane crash, he got, oh yeah he smoked weed for that. a little bit, um, but now he's like completely sober, vegan, like. So many people are going that route. We never even started. Me and my brother's yeah. like, what's weed? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a skunk? <sighs> But we were half homeschooled, half private schooled. Yeah. Would you know? No, I didn't know anything. I've always been so jealous of the fact that you live in the mountains because that's oh. like, that's one of my end goals is to really? have a place in the mountains, like dude, you do it from society. Dude, I loved it because we you could go down and play a gig and do something yeah. like the Gothic or whatever. Then you go home and it's quiet and you get away from I all the noise, that. stars, all those people just chasing you down. Like, oh, please sign this, sign that. Yeah. Kidding. No one ever well, did that. You, <laughs> you probably <laughs> got <laughs> your place around the right time, like we did. before everyone, you know, pushed into Colorado. Because now, like, I mean, your place 
that you have oh, is yeah. beautiful. In oh, it's Conifer. my parents' place. Oh, have you been to my house? I've been to your house, yeah. Yeah, the little A-frame? Yeah, I love oh, yeah. it. Yeah, you did. And you yeah, have, what, my, but what I, kind of dog do you have again? A Bernese Mountain Dog. Oh, my God. He's nice, but... Dog. Okay, we're the shittiest dog owners in the world. It was his boss's dog. They're like, you want this dog? Uh-huh. And we're like, sure. And I don't really like animals very much. But I like him. But sometimes they're yeah. like, uh, you know, oh, shit, we're leaving the Corvus Coffee and we left the dog tied up. Go get him. <laughs> we're terrible people. But he, I wouldn't have got the house. I didn't have yeah. money for that. I was a musician. Mm-hmm. He, he got the house and I'm like, hey, please don't kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still there. Yeah, but it's a beautiful house. But nowadays, something like that would be. It was two twenty, and that was a lot. Yeah, now now it's like like three three, three fifty, four twenty, probably four hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Probably, hopefully, yeah. So uh, yeah, but you can still get cheap stuff every time. (laughs) The winter comes in. All the Californians. No offense to Californians. They're like... That's okay. They've heard me talk <laughs> They probably have. I heard on one of your podcasts. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then I had to rephrase it like, to Wait a minute. Los Angeles. Yes. Not for me. If it's for oh, you... Oh, no, no, no. That's awesome to each his own. I just can't do it. I can't do Dude, Los Angeles. San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco. I've been to all of them. Yeah. No. No. I definitely want to go to San Francisco. Beautiful. For sure. I enjoyed it, but it was so busy. Really? So busy. But it's worth like a few days. Yeah. But in San Diego's like, I don't know. I like San Diego. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we went, um, we had this huge, uh, I'm just going to not sugarcoat it. We had this show we got in San Diego, and this guy who was kind of quote unquote managing us. Tell everybody what it was like going on the road with. 17 year old Jake. Uh, amazing. So we were in, we, we borrowed a Cadillac Escalade, which was pretty, right. pretty sweet ride. And so we all get in, we, we, we get into this car and we go to play one gig in San Diego. Water Straight for up. Children Festival. Yes, water. Was that what it was? Yeah. I like how people yeah. like jump on these causes. They don't like give two shits probably. And they're yeah. like, hey, put some bands on there and let's get drunk. I'm like, oh yeah, kids and water. Yeah. I've, That's how that was. I've never really heard of that. I, I mean, really, I'm sure. I'm sure they. It's a, you know, I'm sure a lot of kids sure. got water out of it. So Maybe anyway, we didn't. What did we drive? Seventeen hours, sixteen hours. Yeah, we drove straight through. Straight through. All the way from Colorado to San Diego. The energy level too when we started because it was like holy shit, we're on tour. It's one show. Yeah. It's in, and I'm going to talk about the show. I still like going it tour. It was fun. It was toured though. Like that's yeah. people call that now. They're like, I drove my van around California and played on the beach. And like they call it shows, whatever. It was yeah. a show. It was a tour. One I show tour. So. But shit, it was funny because you were so hyped up because it was like, this is yeah, California, you know. And we're like, I was getting out of up. school for a couple days. Oh yeah, that's right. I was like, so this legit. Yo, teachers, fuck you. I'm going on tour. Probably won't come back. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> you had that energy as soon as you got in the car, too. It was like, this is it. And I'm like, I can t- I'll can. i let you give me that energy because I'm always like, maybe, I don't know. The music I- industry is hard to get into. <laughs> I had a huge bag of candy from Costco. That's right. And you, me, Adam, and Alex so probably ate the bad. whole thing almost. 
I think we did. I don't think Jason or TJ had any of it. No, they were just driving. Yeah. So it's fine. I felt like they drove us out and we set up in like a corner on some concrete somewhere and tried to get people to come listen to us. Remember the people that won to? They're like, the mm-hmm. winner of the bands is some old hippies, remember? And they were like, mm-hmm. we provide some really good music. And they got the giant air filter, water filter. Was it a water filter? I think so. And they're like, I think we're going to sell it on eBay. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, hippies. Well, what's crazy is remember, so we get there and it felt like it was 110 degrees. Oh, and yeah. we ask them where the stage is and they go, come on, I'll walk you to it. And That's they walk right. us down to the street and it's right on the sidewalk. He just points to this little Oh, yeah, it was area. like at an intersection. Yeah. And he goes, uh, you could set up right <laughs> here. And so we're like, all right, you know, it is what it is. So we unload, get all set up. I forgot about that. And then they go, uh, actually, do you guys want to play in the courtyard up there in University of San Diego? And we were like, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. But we had to haul all our gear that. up all these stairs, a huge hill up into the courtyard. And we barely got school. it together in time, remember? Because it yeah. was last minute that they moved us. Yeah. But I don't know if you remember, but there were uh, like a couple people who had oh, looked yeah. up the band before and we're excited yeah that was weird i was like what yeah we're famous already i'm sorry and there was it was a good response we usually get good responses you know Mm -hmm. that was my first time ever having in and out and you know what's funny is it came up on my time hop that uh i was like had in and out for the first time it really is as good as they say it is what are you doing trying to make sure you heard oh and I was like, it is. It, it is as good as it. They say it is, but. But what? So I'm on the record in a couple places. Nowadays, I'm not big on burgers in general. How is it? Okay. But I, I accept this. I'm very eh about In and Out. Are you fucking kidding me? I know. I'm done. I'm I know here. a lot of people have a problem with that. What do you like better? Have you ever had Whataburger? No. Yeah, it, you just sound like a douche. You're like, have you had Whataburger? There's one shop. It's downtown. It's shop? under the actual ground. It's by the yeah. sewer. It's amazing. They have the best. Water burger? Cooked cheeseburger. Uh, yeah, it's Whataburger. Oh, so what like, a burger. Yeah. Um, but I had it in Texas when... I went on tour with If I Fail, and like, I got this double cheeseburger that had green chilies on it, and like something Sounds about good. it, just like was amazing at that time. Maybe it wasn't that great. Maybe I was just really hungry. Maybe I don't I was know. Stoned. But I mean, like, I'll eat In and Out. I just don't rave over it. You know. I can like eat it every day. Yeah. And it's like three dollars for like giant That's amount of food. True. And they actually, you can get um, green chilies on your burger there. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, because they have that. like their little secret menu. I never accessed that. Yeah. I need to do that next you time. You can like I look it up. in San Diego. Well, when I actually um, had got in and out with the green chilies, I said, so <coughs> hypothetically, I want this cheeseburger, right? And let's just say I wanted a green chili on it. Green chilies what would you say and the chick just looked at me like i was a psycho and goes you want green chilies on your cheeseburger <laughs> and i went yeah yes if you and she goes them. 
okay and that was it i don't know sometimes i just get these awkward feelings where i and you can tell it's going to be an awkward conversation because i start with hypothetically yeah but this is something that happens mostly to you because i remember that exact response from people Mm -hmm. because it's aggression like you seem aggressive because first of all you're like not and people are there's a lot of social anxiety going around right now i used to have it so definitely not no (laughs) but i used to have it so bad i wouldn't like didn't want to leave my house but then you start performing and you lose all of it yeah but and you come up to people and you're like and you're like ready to talk and joke and make it funny and they're like some of them are like yeah (laughs) backing away like um well now that i've gotten like more tattooed it's worse now some people are like very put off and just why like current year it's current year i guess my argument i think a bigger thing with the i get more questions about my ears about the gauges oh gauges that i mean like people definitely notice the tattoos and i get a lot of about the tattoos But I get more questions and like more people looking at my ears. What's the age group of people that give you grief? Um, definitely between like forty-five yeah, and sixty, because like anybody older than that, like men older than that, don't give a shit. Women, I've had um, much much older women like uh, i was in a starbucks one time this lady was maybe 70 something and she's looking at my arms and i'm like oh fuck and she goes those tattoos on your arms are so beautiful wow like she just recognized it as art and i was like okay that's so crazy the older generations they either so what's that middle section? or they think it's like oh that's neat that's but yeah beautiful. it's that middle section of you know you're still holding on to the good old days and yeah, how people right. used to be. And yeah. Hasn't everybody abandoned that by now? It's like most people aren't kind of, but there's, I'm just like, dude, if that's your thing, yeah. cool. Right on. I mean, I mean, well, it's, you know, you're looking, yeah. you're a thug, but <laughs> anyway. super thug. no, well, it's cool. I think like, it's weird. I wouldn't have thought that since I only have like one tattoo, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought that people in their seventies, the golden generation, would be like, "That's wonderful. Look at the beautiful art." Yeah, I mean, like I said, the men are just like, it's like they don't even see it. Whatever. But uh, last year I actually went to a job interview, and the guy went through the whole interview, um, and I detail Uh-oh. cars, and so he wanted <clears throat> right. to see how well I could buff and polish this car so he had me do that which usually you have to pay somebody for you know what i mean you get paid for your services but it was part of the interview and go through this whole process it was like an hour and a half and he goes yeah i really like your resume um unfortunately though we can't hire you because of your ears and your tattoos. that makes no sense and i knew i had lost it so i was like all right oh, here's your fucking buffed yeah. car like and i went why and he goes well it was a chevy dealership to boot but he goes uh we have a certain image to uphold here and if we start hiring people that look like you uh we're gonna get people customers in here that look oh, like that's you garbage and i said so you mean to tell me 
guy comes in here with a stained wife beater, sweats, and flip flops on, and he throws down a hundred grand for a brand new car, you're gonna be like, eh, go away. No, we don't want your kind. Yeah, here. not gonna happen. And what's funny is. I got turned down there because of the tattoos, and then immediately after that, I get hired at a Lexus dealership. <laughs> yeah, that that's just care. funny. That doesn't. Well, I, I think that that's a that whoever's running that place must be like yeah. ancient. Well, I don't have any naked ladies on my arms. I don't have any like racists. Yeah, I don't have. I mean, it's all no swastikas. Really? Yeah, none. Okay, good. Not one swastika good. on my whole body so i would hire you sure yeah it's an octopus i mean i don't have a fucking yin and yang or peace symbol i don't have the motherfucking buddha tattooed on my back <laughs> but no offense oh, to classic. buddhists to like everybody who has a buddha tattoo right now hey if you got a buddha oh shit oh, Why not bad? let's see all right um yeah. So yeah, no offense to anybody who has a Buddha tattoo or uh, Ganesh, the elephant god. Um, it's a lot tattoos. of those. Yeah, so no offense to those people. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Trendy. So I apologize, but I'm going to go get a phone charger real quick <laughs> to make sure that the YouTube live doesn't die. But start talking about you got into music i'm gonna be okay. super quick um how did we get into music i was singing since i was young um i had the incredible compliment from my siblings that i sounded exactly like the little mermaid which was uh i think validating <laughs> but uh and i always sang and i always imitated singers but i think um it took a very long time until I had the guts to actually sing publicly. It was more in the car and whatnot, and you kind of experiment with your voice. And then uh, the first time I sang in public was we were taking guitar lessons in Arvada, I remember. And my uh, guitar teacher was like, hey, you want to um, – hope this is – he's like, you want to – this is like going out. There it goes. He's like, you wanna, um... oh, maybe it's that. So anyway, he says, do you wanna sing this song? Cause Alex was playing one and he didn't sing and play. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, gonna crap my pants. And I was like, it was like a Lifehouse song. I would think it was Hanging by a Moment or something. So I sang it and he was like, you're by right. Yeah. You. Except my version was like, Hanging by a Moment. A little musical. <laughs> So they're like, oh, you're really good. <laughs> so it was crazy. It, it was the first time I did, and then I kind of got shy again, and you know, I secretly wrote songs but never played them for anyone. And then I, a friend of mine I met in Estes Park when I was going to a um, little Christian college there, he's like, I'm going to go back home to Canada, and you should come up to this college because they have a really good music program. And I was kind of in love with him, even though he's a straight guy. Which is really awkward, but that's what. I'm sure, it happens. Yeah, it happens, and so I'm kind of like, yeah, sure, I'll go with you, and um, 
so I went up there and we roomed together and he was really cool. He wasn't like weird about the fact that I was like a little clingy. I think he was like, all right, I'm going to go date girls and you just kind of <laughs> stay here. I'm like, oh, I thought you loved me. And that was a whole weird thing. Anyway, good friends still. We did a lot of music together. I want to unwrap that after this. Okay. I have a question. Sure. So <laughs> he got me to Canada, got me into music. Thank God. I. It yeah. was like auditioning for American Idol because I had... I had never really sang in front of people, and I would never want to, but I was like, okay, you're in a whole new country. No one's here to stop you. You can do whatever you want. So and it was exciting. theoretically, you're going to go back to Colorado and never see these people That's the again, thing. So. so I was like, all right, I'll go up. So I was like, they're like, are you going to sing for us? And I was like, just ready to like totally piss my pants. And I was like, I don't want to hold you and feel so helpless. I sang a Rufus Wainwright song, like, fruitiest song ever. And they're just like, that was really good. But do you do you hear that magic coming out of this man's pipes? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I hear it. No, yeah. no I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I it was, and I was like shaky and stuff, but uh-huh. I put it out there. I was like, boom, I'm going to do this. And I was yeah. practicing in the car, you know, like, okay, I can do this. And and he's like, you're really good. Doc. Come back for the second higher choir group. And then uh-huh. I failed that because I can't sight read. And I was I just blew it. Yeah. I was like probably off key and everything. But then they let me in later. And that's how I kind of kept developing. And, and, and they make you perform when you're taking voice lessons in front of people all the time. Uh-huh. So you start getting this less and less anxiety. And you trust your voice more and more. So sorry. Anyway. You're going to ask me about unpacking something. <laughs> Feel free. I was just... <clears throat> I don't know if I should... Unpack it. You can't offend me. Like, nothing offends me. Not you. Oh. They like that. They like a little, yeah. you know... A little... Oh, did he little what did... That? Oh, my God. No, I just... I mean, it's... An unfortunate thing at the qualifications are good so far. Yeah. At this um, day and age that some people can't be open about their sexual orientation and how they choose to express themselves. But I was just wondering, is there ever any time where you like see a guy and like he's on the radar and you're like, I feel so bad for this guy because he's so like concealed. Inside. Oh, you mean like closeted kind of? Yeah, I think I'm crazy different. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know what to think about. I for, I don't think I have good gaydar unless someone's like yeah super mm-hmm. obvious and they're trying to be because a yeah. lot of gays do. I didn't know you were when we uh, no because I it's yeah. not. To me, it's not important. Like, I just uh-huh. live my life as a person, and you I don't, don't want to make it wave about the that. flag. Like, like you say, I'm Aaron, and I'm a musician. Not first thing. Totally, I'm Aaron, and I'm gay. No, I just, I just not. I think it's like I'm like tre- treading lightly, yeah. but I don't identify with the culture. I mm-hmm. don't. That people do their thing. I'm always about it, but it's not a place I hang out or frequent. Yeah. I do my own thing. And my Mike does his own thing. We're just, we live in the mountains. We're crazy. We're like, we look like lumberjacks, though I certainly am not one. 
Well, if you think about it, you never meet a you know straight person that goes, "Hey, I'm Jake. I'm straight. No, and this is what I do." So and I think why it's, should it be any different? You know, agreed. I think, and the funny thing is, my dad says that people are trying to score points. That's why. Sometimes they Whoops. are. <laughs> but hey, uh, but and that's partly why with, with our music, and now that it's, this is all out there, but I I don't. I could bill myself a little bit like, oh, I'm gay and people should yeah. be open to me. But I'm like, that's not... But you want to... I want people to like the music for what it is. And yeah. I try to be universal in my writing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like Rufus Wainwright. I love Rufus Wainwright, but he's so specifically gay culture oriented that yeah. a lot of people go, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's just like, you know, some of the punk bands that came out in the 90s and early 2000s, especially during the Bush administration. If you mm. came out mm-hmm. and said you were a punk band, you were anti-Bush, instant fan. Instant. You know oh, what I totally. mean? It wasn't about, I mean, like, yeah, some of them had good music. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, oh, yeah. I love the American Idiot album. It was a good album. Despite what anyone says. But... Like, if you came out, said that, you instantly had a following, just mm-hmm. like um, Christian bands. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Just no. everybody goes about it differently, you know what I mean? Well, and my, like, I don't know if this is shocking to you or not, but, like, I, my, I'm a very devout Christian. Like, very. And, yeah. like, to the point where, like, there is that feeling in some I of my music. I think I knew that you were a Christian. But... Yeah, my brothers, we're all. Yeah. But we don't, again, Paramore style. Like, we're very much, mm-hmm. it's a core belief of mine, but it's not something yeah. I, I grew up listening to Christian music and it was kind of terrible. Yeah. Because people are like, let's, you know, spell everything out, like, which is not artistic. There's some hard, difficult ones on K-Love for sure. There's some rebels. Yeah. Definitely some skippers there. <laughs> but when you just, like, I prefer, like, just like your sexuality. Like, uh-huh. there's going to be undertones where sometimes you'll read, some, listen to some of my music and you're like, oh, that's a little different. That's an odd perspective. Yeah. Kind of a feminine perspective sometimes with my love songs. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is interesting, maybe. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, not to interrupt you. Oh, just go ahead. a little quick ex, ex, excerpt. Or whatever. I don't Aside. know. Yeah, a little side note. Uh, Brian Fallon, you know, my biggest influence. Yes, yeah. Christian, has, you know, really? sometimes, yeah, says like subtle little things, you know, like his the first song on his new albums is uh, If Your Prayers Don't Get to Heaven. Really? Yeah. I um, did not know that about him. Yeah, so he's Christian, but also... Uh, was the last part that you were saying before i cut you off oh like how it's sort of inherent in your music a little bit maybe maybe yeah like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't pound you with a bible over that no 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 no. he just has his own you know his beliefs and it that's what he writes about like um if your prayers don't get to heaven i'm gonna keep them safe for you like, yeah, but that, know, a little but thing. even if you don't have a religion or, or or you're like I don't like Christianity, I have a lot of friends that yeah. don't, and they tease me for it. That's one thing I don't understand. But right, but again, like just <laughs> your perspective is unique. Yours is his is mine is. Yeah. If you are open minded enough, and this is, sounds weird because we feel like we're in an open minded age, but I think it's closed off on weird yeah. areas. So be open to it. 
let someone else speak to you from their perspective, whether they're super progressive or on the conservative side. Let them say something to you that you don't know. Yeah, It's an amazing thing to get to experience. So my faith comes out in some of my musings on eternity and uh, what it means to have joy in life and stuff. But I don't know if you'll hear that or not. I remembered the second part of what I was going to say. Brian Good. Fallon also. So he has a song... There's a Gaslight Anthem song called Here Comes My Man, and he writes it from a girl's perspective. Well, that's really and interesting. It's an amazing song. And he has he also has a song called um, Honey Magnolia on his title. first I know. On his first solo album. And uh, he says uh, something about um, you think I've been crying waiting on a ring like it's also written from a woman's perspective and like just the way he encompasses that yeah but he's such a solid songwriter that i'm not surprised he does the persona thing like i will now get into another body and write from their perspective that's Mm -hmm. advanced shit you know yeah i've definitely tried but you gotta like have this innate ability Mm -hmm. to develop a full character you know what i mean you can't oh, yeah. just be like it can't be okay fast. i'm a girl now and i'm gonna think about my exact life but only in a female perspective no just you gotta be next mm-hmm. level I, I don't think i've done that i don't think i could do that i don't yeah. know how women it would take think. time for sure you have to really get into some female like authors and things to kind of yeah. go maybe this is how some women think you know Well, what I was thinking about when we put out the Phantom EP is, and one thing that kind of helped me, um, but I didn't go as hard on it as I wanted to, but I started to semi-write this story about, um, because the whole EP is Phantom and then wander kind of like a limbo-esque yeah give me a a brief outline on what it it, what was your concept behind it did you find out that the songs were related to a concept or did you have a concept and then make the songs so it all came from uh ground up Mm. and because that was the first one that i wrote and the first line of it is there is a ghost that i believe lives in the basement with me and that's where I started thinking about the ghostly nature of everything. But I also felt like a phantom slash ghost for a year or so in my life. Oh. And, uh, you know, that's where the lyric in Found came from. You don't have to die to be a ghost. That's great. Um, yeah, I know it's a little generic. No, but... you know, a quick aside. Get a book called The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. It's exactly about that. Like these people that are phantoms and they're they can't sort of move into the real existence because Mm -hmm. they're held back but anyway sounds similar to the theme you're describing yeah and i mean that's the idea i had certainly going through it because once i established that and i was like okay i think i'm gonna stick with this concept then i developed Uh, the phantom as a part of um you know, more relatable to myself. And that's why in the bridge it says elated vibrations fill your soul. You have the beauty of youth and I'm just getting old. Uh, And it's kind of like, you know, I wrote it about how Annika is this 
beautiful soul and this human being and i was just like you know kind of this gray shadow behind her and that you know that so she was like real and tangible and and glowing with and i was just reality you know but did she kind of here's what i've noticed and this is again to that book the great divorce Mm -hmm. did she kind of bring your grayness and kind of wipe that away and bring you into more of a real place through her being close to you yeah i i I would say in a way i don't know because the song in the chorus it says can you hear me yeah can you feel me yeah um Can you hear me? Can you feel me? I am lost. I know that you're not. It was kind of like an envy thing. And like, uh, uh, it was more so of a, I know what I need to do. You know? Okay. Uh, this is where I am. I know what I need to do. I can see it. She you know clarified I mean? that a little bit then. Yeah. And so it, you know, has the phantom and then there's wander that is kind of. So like, there's like reoccurring characters ish in this album yeah. or concepts. More like a concept because there's never like an established character mm-hmm. per se. Um, but uh, the first lyric in Wander is actually a reference to a Ben Folds 5 song. Mm-hmm. Which one? Um, in Brick. Brick. Where yeah. he says, uh, um, The smell of cold car seat is freezing. Yes. And I say in Wander, uh, I remember those words about the smell of cold, and I get it, and I never understood the sound uh, of being alone and, until I listened. And that's great. That's some deep so, shit. You know, I kind of did like an ode to that. But then it's like... That's awesome, though. I like that. Wander, kind of finding yourself, and then found. Like, you, you know, find it. You realize, you know where you're at, what you need to do, and then you build it from the ground up. Yeah, that's amazing. That's actually, so. that's a cool concept to hear that. I mean, you know, because I remember when you released that, and it was definitely like, wow, that's an interesting yeah, idea, but I didn't realize it was fleshed out that well. Because our last one was about growing up. Yeah. But I didn't know I was thinking about that mm-hmm. until I kept look. I looked back on my songs. And I was like, oh. That's yeah. what I'm, and a lot of it was phantom related because it was like, as you get older, and you're becoming more actualized in a way, you're kind of knowing what you're pursuing. Yeah, you start to feel sad for those simple times and the shadows of the ghosts of the the yeah. people running around and still having fun when you're young. Yeah, well, in the and time so, that you wasted being in that oh totally esque area, um, <clears throat> but would you say that it? kind of helped you like you almost were at peace with your writing when you realized that there was that undertone because you were like all right now i kind of have a direction i can hear what you know this story is about well i remember the first part of that is in canada when i was writing songs i was gearing them toward like trying to write the right songs like I was at a Christian school and I was trying to do what everyone else was doing. Yeah. When I finally let go of that and I was like writing about people I was interested in or, you mm-hmm. know, or what I, my struggles with my faith, then I like, I came, it came together. And the same with this record, when you let go of, it needs to be this. 
This is what other people think it needs to be. This is Mm -hmm. success. Then you go, it's almost like you take this giant boulder off your back. Yeah. Pilgrim's progress style. And then you shoot forward and you're writing, 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 probably similar for you. Yeah. You, the concept is there and then you can write. And then all of a sudden it's sort of like the light that illuminates everything you're doing. So for that, it was that same thing. And it was even that picture of Alex with his dog. Yeah. Well, is that um, kind of why? I mean, it makes sense. Our childhood is all video games, totally. the Game Boy, the bright colors, like. Mm-hmm. But you know, you guys are older, so it's kind of like. It's it's almost funny in that place a little bit. And that was Alex's whole concept because I was like, "That's not." Gonna I'm not work. gonna lie; I didn't get it until just now. And that's okay. But now, you know, hearing this, I I love it. It's well, weird yeah, because yeah, yeah. because Alex said all this shit and I'm like you're crazy what the fuck is it what, what are you talking about yeah so we finally put it together and I was still like this is so cluttered mm-hmm. but Alex is like that's the point when you look at it it's these the scattering of all of our lives all over the place and and what we remember about joy and when we all connected and we had nowhere to go nowhere to be nothing to be nothing to prove. Yep. And so that's where that all came from. And I wanted people to go back to their past and say, even if it was not perfect, because you and I have some shit in our past we're not yeah. happy with, no. family stuff. But when you actually go, hey, but I remember that time. And that was enough to make me go. That was a good time. This was a yeah. good time. San that's Diego good. was a good time. That, I mean. Even though I was always like your older like your mom on tour yeah. I was like shut up and play on like time please there's a match coming out yeah well I mean that inspired me after playing with you guys when I started playing with shoot to please like I had always practiced with the metronome but oh, yeah. after that I was like I need to be fucking tight and then when I came back to fill in with you guys in 2015 I believe yes yeah I was playing to a click. Yeah, and it was like solid. Yeah. But this is the thing too. Like as a musician, like you just find out what works best. What when people you did better when you did this, you did better when you did that. Mm-hmm. And you just have to go, all right, I'll do that. But there's a lot of musicians that go, whatever, this is how I do it, whatever. I'm me yeah. and I love my way. And it's like, well, you're not gonna get along with many people. No. And you were always willing to to like push it. Yeah. Like, sure. Well, because I wanted to be like, and that's the thing is I loved punk rock and all that stuff, but I didn't want to be limited and I wanted to be no, the best drummer. That. And like the only way you can be the best drummer, best guitar player or whatever is kind of if you let people pull you in all those different yep. directions, because then you're going to learn different styles and like especially if you have an open mind if you're writing songs with someone or playing in a band with someone you get different perspectives on i mean writing music and just playing music and just like to be able to have your mind open to different perspectives it's a beautiful thing for music but also in life i was thinking that while you were saying that being open to people speaking about their own experiences yeah. and seeing how you can understand them better. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, because I had to do the same thing you did. Like, they're making me sing opera and musicals, and I'm like, yeah. screw this garbage. Mm-hmm. But then I learned, like, these things start to click, and then you, like you do now, 
you find your niche and you go, I know how I want it to sound. I don't have to think about it and worry about it and fight with myself over, am I playing too much? Am I playing too little? You know just what you want. Yeah. That's how I am vocally now. I know exactly what I want. And if I don't get it, I'll do it again. And it's awesome. You feel like free because you kind of, you finally have the tools. This is how Mm -hmm. I always think of it. You have all the tools. So much of being a musician or a songwriter like you are or a producer is you have to learn. Also like you. Stop. (laughs) You have to learn all the, you have to gather the tools, right? You have to know how to use them. Uh And then when you have that box, this is so goofy metaphor, but you have the box, it's thrilling. Because yeah. I sit down now and I go, I can do everything. And I have, it's, the possibilities are limitless. And it exactly. feels like exciting. What, what are you going to do? Yeah. It may be garbage because it's a lot. I try not a lot of garbage personally, but I try not to put that out to the world. Same. But, but that's how you get good stuff. It's like taking pictures. Exactly. After a while, there's a good one. You're like, oh. Well, I mean, for people... A lot of people know this, but when I started playing drums, it was because of Blink-182 and Travis Barker. And the first thing my drum instructor taught me was jazz. He was like, if you want to learn to play drums and you want your limbs to be independent from one another, you have to learn jazz. And at 12 years old, the last thing I wanted to learn was jazz. But... Nowadays, I listen to jazz, but also that, I mean, it taught me dynamics. It taught me, uh, you know, basically everything it's I fundamentals. use yeah. in drums. And then obviously I got into punk and hardcore and stuff. Um, but this is where originality comes in. You yeah. get basics, you get tradition, mm-hmm. and then you start to tweak it. Yeah. All right, now I'm going to push the limits. Well, and not to get high on myself. But that's kind of the reason why I've been able to, you know, somebody hits me up and they're like, hey, we have a show in one week or five days. Can you learn these songs? And I go, yes. Yeah, see, I can't. No, I don't have that. Yeah. I, I mean, I did it for you guys. You if did. I that failed, one. Day, it was at night you learned the four songs. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was a day or a night. I'm pretty sure I learned And them I was like, get the fuck maybe out. Maybe the day before. And then you guys came the next day. We had one practice, and then we played that first show. Yeah, I remember that. It was like, go, go, go. Again, not to get high on myself, but that's the beautiful thing. If you're open to learning everything about your craft. It's not getting high on yourself. It's saying, this worked, and I see it practically work. Yeah. Also, I'm amazing. (laughs) You know what? There's got to be a little part of that. Yes. You know, it's okay. If you know you did a good job... I love, and you know, I've said this a thousand times, that's why the backseaters exist, because I knew what I wanted to hear, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like the songs that were missing from my iTunes, I knew what I wanted to listen Uh, to, I enjoy listening to my songs, I, I, (laughs) it's really weird, but I enjoy watching videos of myself. Whether it's an interview, a music video, a documentary, like I just like, because, you know, the thing for me is I feel, I always feel like a beginner when I'm doing everything, when I'm playing drums, guitar, you know, I always feel like, uh, you know, that I'm still at the very beginning, that I'm at the bottom. So when I watch one of my drum covers and I go, holy shit. 
that actually like oh, it see. looks like I know what I'm doing. Because a lot of times it doesn't match our internal. Yeah, because I feel like every time I play drums, I'm clunky and it doesn't sound good, and it. That's um, not per- that it doesn't sound good, but just that I'm not loose and playing right. You know what I mean? Oh, there was a great author named G.K. Chesterton that said something about those are the that's when you're on the right track. It's when you don't trust yourself because yeah. you're not like, oh yeah, I'm there. I'm amazing. <laughs> and I don't like like the other day I played this shitty little like bar in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, Hey, come, we'll give you money. And I'm like, hell I'm there. Oh, there goes Facebook. What the okay. fuck? It's like bird dawn. Sorry people. My, uh, Facebook live is down. My YouTube live just went down. It's the craziest thing. Um, but anyway, keep telling me. Uh, so I was, um, it was funny because I was there and I was playing, um, Covers mostly, and I'm sitting in the corner. No one, I, I don't think anyone's listening. And there's a few big old scary like lumberjack dudes staring at me and glaring across the room from the bar. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, singing you two or my own stuff. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm like, I gotta take a break after 10, 12 songs. They had me playing for three and a half hours. So my voice, three and a half yeah, hours. somehow my voice is still going. And so Your I walk. Songs are not, uh, they're not. They're very high. Yeah, they're not made for no. three and a half hours. But it was funny. So I, I, I get up and I'm kind of like, all oh, these people don't want me here, you know. And I have this big scary dude come up and goes, "Yeah, you're pretty good. I like your stuff." And I was like, "Thank you." I like that voice coming out your mouth. Yeah, it was weird because he looked at me the whole time I played, like, "Shut the hell up! I'm watching Broncos." But my perception really? was like, "Oh, I sound like Suck garbage." It. Yeah, it was kind of scowling. Yeah. And then I had another dude who was listening, and he was kind of... Resting dick face. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I was like, everybody hates me. Like, I should leave. I must sound like garbage. But I don't think I did. That was the point of that. And this other dude comes up and goes, I played Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Did you really? Oh, yeah, I love it. Did you... uh, Were you on the piano or guitar? Guitar. I was picking it out. And this guy looks at me all weird the whole time. And then he's another one that comes up and goes... I thought you were playing Stevie Nicks on your iPhone. And I was like, what the fuck? You think I'm standing in a microphone holding my Spotify up to the mic? Like, no. Yeah. I was. He's like, you sound like Stevie Nicks. And I was like, thank you. Is that a good? I think it's a good thing. So I always like that effeminate singing. That's if you listen to my stuff, it's kind of effeminate. It is in a way. But yeah, give me, also... give me a breakdown. I want to know because I'm going to be self-indulgent for a second i want to know what is your perception like what do you hear when you hear like i what a fruit here no not a fruit (laughs) i hear an honest better be nice somebody who's speaking from the heart being honest you're not trying to it doesn't sound like you're trying to emulate anybody like you're not being authentic and uh you know and you're not the thing i love about your music and a lot of people that i've had on the podcast so far is like you're not trying to pander to anybody oh yeah you know what i mean and like when i hear a host club song Mm -hmm. i don't even have to look at 
my phone, I know that it's a host club song. Oh, okay. And there's passion, and there's that one song on the the full length album. The oh, fuck. Is it a slow? No, but it's like uh, most of it is on the toms. Oh, it's probably I used it's to say the, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to say it's got that big chorus, and yeah. it's just like full of heart and emotion. And the funny thing about that song is you, your style is what pushed me to make that song the way sound, sound the way it did. Like the heavy. Being so used and, to, yes, being so used yeah. to what you pushed me to do, pushed that song in that direction, which is really funny. Really? I was, yeah, I was like, it was kind of a WWJD, but what would Jake do? Yeah. It was, no joke. Like it, it had the old school, teeny tinge of that older punk where it was a little more vamped. So that's funny because I haven't listened to that song in like years. I don't know. I love that song. Oh, and then there was the one song that I was absolutely in love with. It was my favorite one to play. Um, it was a little bit, it had a little bit of a darker tone. Oh, was it on the full-length album? Yeah, it was. And for the people listening to the podcast, you are going to hear it. Unfortunately, for the people on YouTube, you're going to miss it. But it is what it is. Uh, Where did it fall again? Oh, handing it over. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, this. It's been a while since I've heard this. This like song was like fucking really, jam. yeah, because it had the yeah, it was a good. What would you call that beat? It's almost like a Latin beat, like it's Latin? almost like a um, samba, I think. Okay, so that's the division. One, two. Yeah. I just remember when we played it at the Fox Theater and we played it at UMS. Like, I just felt it. And, like, really? When I played it and I can still, like, remember how it felt, like, when I hit the cymbals, I didn't just hit them. Like, it was like my fucking stick melted in. Oh, you had to, like. Yeah, it was like. And I, like, almost pushed the cymbal. Rather than you think it's it. that jazz sensibility that's a little bit around the main. I think so because main... I wasn't like trying to crash it. I was just trying to like, I don't Weird, know, weird like smooth it all out, kind of. Just the heart and emotion and authenticity that comes from your music is like, is what has always drawn me to your. music. Tell me more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, and no, that's, like, that's I awesome. wouldn't say that if I didn't. No, you're. It. I would just say yeah, uh, your songs are good. Yeah, no, I know. You're like, but like, trust I me, that's can, one of the things we got yeah. along with was like, you're not going to bullshit me. I'm not going to bullshit exactly. you. Like that, and that's the way you can tell if somebody really enjoys your music is you can pick out, like somebody who enjoys your music can reference your lyrics or certain parts of your right. songs. Right, it's got a huge yeah. depth to it. And not just like, it's not just music that they had on the background and they go, who's this? Oh yeah, it's pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's people who can be like, I listen to this with headphones by oh, myself, yeah. 
and I felt this way when I listened to your music. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know? I'm glad because that's what we aim so hard to do. Yeah. I there was never one time that I ever felt like your music wasn't authentic. That's awesome. My producer says that and again like cuz I'm always down on our music it was weird to hear him kind of cuz I recently went in and kind of said, "Man, it's not working out, blah blah blah." And he's kind of like, "You know what? Maybe just make different goals and he said we believe in what you do and i was like what really yeah you like about sorry i'm still trying to figure out facebook live it's like youtube just crashed i think it did the other day no joke for like a few hours you know it probably is because we were talking about some slightly conservative things and youtube is very um liberal the election day is coming up. They have to protect. That's right, huh? I guess. It's like the, uh, do they call it a midterm? Midterm. Uh, we, should, we should be like, now go and vote for your politicians. Be active in the political sphere. Everybody's going to tell you to get out there and vote, which is fine. If you believe that people should get out and vote, <laughs> do you. But here's the thing. Uh-oh. Give me some truth. Hit me up. <laughs> Honey, hit me with that so, truth. So, part of it for me is people blamed it on kids who didn't get out and vote because they said that, oh, right. you know, the voting numbers were the lowest they've ever been or something to that effect because millennials weren't voting. Mm-hmm. And then you have this There's election go on, and I didn't care who won. You know, I didn't have a horse in the race. But you had this election going on. People told you, like, everyone was like, Hillary's going to win. It's a landslide. Nobody likes Donald Trump. And then Hillary gets all the votes from the people. And then Donald Trump actually gets the presidency from the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, okay, so why would I get out and vote (laughs) if the Electoral College is going to make the overall final Uh decision? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe for some people it's just a tradition thing. I think the Electoral College protects other states, makes sure they're heard because there's so many, there's such a huge population in California and New York and stuff. Well, it made sense when we all rode horses and they had to ride for three days to get to fucking D.C. to make a decision, you know what I mean? It was good to have that one person there at all times to help make the decisions, but uh, nowadays it doesn't really make sense. I wish we could make them Pokemon go to the polls. Did you hear Hillary, Hillary said that? I was like, no, no. I stop. did not hear that. I was like, stop that talking, Grandma. Shh. It's funny. Part two. We're back. Back on YouTube. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, so to the point of Muzak's, um, Yes. I think we're both in a good place. I both I think we both found our sweet spot, what we want. And I'm glad you found it so early considering I'm 35, you know, and you're like 25. Honestly, though, you don't strike me as being 35. It's or maybe I, it's because I'm getting older and I don't know what 35 looks it's like. It's because anymore. I'm wearing a Hatsune Miku t-shirt and like... Uh, and skinny jeans. Skinny and, jeans and trying yeah. to But it's like, young. you're not 35. My parents were 35, like... Four, four years ago when I was 10. Oh my god. Now Something I definitely better. feel old. You, 
You definitely don't. I'm old. I, I accept it. But again, part of the, the life experience. And I started way late. That's one thing I'm sad about. I didn't start playing guitar until I was 17 or 18. And I didn't start singing until I was 21. I mean, yeah. besides like in the car. But I was really bummed. I'm like, damn, I wish I had done this earlier. I could have yeah. figured this shit out. Well, I wish I could have been one of those drum prodigies that started playing when I was like three. six. Yeah. But didn't you, you know? play when you were like 10 or something? I started when I was 11. Yeah, that's fine. That's young. Yeah. But also... The, so it, disappointed I started when I was a child. <laughs> well, I got... The funny thing is I had a guitar before I ever had drums. Really? Because I watched Drake and Josh and Drake Bell had a guitar. Oh. And I was like, he's the cool guy in the show. I gotta be that I guy. I want a guitar. And I just had it and I, you know, bummed around on it a couple times throughout my youth. But I wish I had taken them both seriously at the same time because then oh, yeah. now I would be a better guitar player. Yeah, but your drum skills were wicked because of that, though. Yeah, I think so. For all the people on YouTube, sorry it cut out. I don't know why it did that. It just YouTube just shut down and the live stopped. It's so like, shut up, YouTube. We're going to call this part two of the podcast with Aaron Elrod of The Host Club. Um, you didn't really miss much after no. it crashed. You were like half paying attention to one another and like, where is a cord to yeah. put it? Get we it talked about politics, but it's irrelevant because we're both super fucking neutral on yeah, politics in general. So it's not going to sway anybody in any direction. Um, if anything, we both just kind of don't care. So people do your thing, people. Yeah, you know, that's life. I support man. either music. Everything we've talked about, it's basically been a, here's what I do. Here's how I feel about it. Yeah, right. Do whatever you want to do. I don't give a shit because I don't have to live your life. I don't have to go to bed at night being like, fuck, I'm this person. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing, though. I think that's a good way to live. Like, live and let live. You know? Yeah. Just, just don't just Try not to step on toes if you can help it. If you do, it's all right. Yeah. Be forgiving of other people. Oh, Part of what we talked about that they did miss was um, what I liked about your music. Oh. And I feel like that's very important. Uh, sorry for the podcast it, so. listeners. I'll make this super short, but for YouTube. Um, basically, what I said is what I love about the host club and Aaron's writing is the authenticity of it the emotion and the heart behind it. It's not generic. He's not pulling, you've never pulled lyrics from other songs and kind of stitched together this fabricated narrative. Mm. You've always, it's written from the heart. It sounds like you. And I know, I can tell you that I thoroughly enjoy your music because I can pick out specific parts in your music that resonate with me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I like, feel like, like I just used a lot of big words there. You did. It was very elegant and poetic. And I'm like, sort of like, <laughs> thanks. A lot of syllables. I feel like I was saying a lot of syllables. It was eloquent. Yeah. Is that the word? And now it's on the record forever. People can be Thank like, God. oh, he's not a dum dum. Like, he does like their stuff, I think. Yeah. Or he's a great ass kisser on uh, podcasts. No, no, no. But I know you're see, not. that's the thing is, I'm not. It's no, like, you aren't as a, as a person. Yeah. When it comes to You're just like, going to be quiet if you want to say something shitty, usually. You're like, mm-hmm. Or I just go, huh, well, it's interesting. Yeah, I like your the perspective. It's nice. 
even at my work when they're like, oh no, yeah, you just need to buckle down and work harder. Are you going to come in this Saturday? Are you going to work this Saturday? And I go, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I never go, yeah, totally. I'm going to work harder. You know why? Because I don't want to be a fucking fraud. Yeah, that's I don't good want enough. people to be like, hey, you said you liked my music. And then you're like talking you shit on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, that's, I mean, I'm not a lying person, but no. this definitely will keep me honest. Um, I started. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and that's just for fucking lying in general. Then you got to almost remember two lives. Yeah. But, uh, that's actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. You do. You have to remember like, what did I say about that person? Yeah. Well, I started a vlog and uh, I wore this shirt yesterday. Mm-hmm. Podcast people don't know that because I was wearing a hoodie for last night's podcast. But uh, I was like, "Fuck this! This vlog is really gonna keep me up to date on like, actually maybe I changing should my wash shirt my every day." <laughs> but here's what I, you know: the thing about it is, I get off of work at five o'clock. And then I put on a t-shirt until about nine o'clock. So that's four hours. So if I wear the same shirt two oh, days in a row on a work day, that's eight hours total, which is what I would wear it if which it is was a normal. wearing it for a full day. So if you have a problem with that, fuck you. <laughs> that's all I have so to there say you go. about Yay that. Yay truth. Well, I smell like horse shit half the time because I work at a barn. There's a lot of truth on this podcast. There is. There's no sugarcoating. It's all just... Hey, I don't... You know, let's be be real. But that's what I want. I I said in the first episode that I don't want this podcast to be fake. I don't want it to sound like I'm just trying to get listeners and appeal to everybody. Not everybody is going to agree with me. And I'm totally well. That's a fun thing. That. Even if you don't agree with people, yeah. it's like ah, when I hear them talk that shit, and I'm gonna yeah. be angry and tweet about it or whatever. It's Do fun. you want to listen to the podcast and make yourself angry and live a miserable life? Do it on you, buddy. <laughs> I'm not gonna listen to your podcast if it frustrates me because I got better things to do. And personally, I don't like being frustrated. It's I don't not, either. Not one of my favorite. Well, things. I don't know. Sometimes outrages exciting i'm not gonna lie there's a couple people on instagram that i do follow just because you bug be the outraged. shit out of me and like i'll scroll down see their picture and go oh this I, fucking okay oh. what's wrong with me i do that sometimes where i'm like i just yeah. keep them on there i don't i hate them yeah. and i'm like yeah. and i see their stuff and i knew it's the same shit i'm always gonna be mad about and i'm like you know what fuck you <laughs> and then i just still look at it and i'm like yeah. I wonder what they're going to do next time. Is it going to make me as angry as this time? And you go, you scroll down to it the next time and you go, okay, I knew it. I, I knew, knew Surprise, surprise. You're that piece of sh. I always knew you were. <laughs> still, still not surprised. No, I still do that. I still like, it's like having an ex. Yeah. Well, I don't, I've had, I've like been with, okay, truth bomb, been with like one person my whole life. Your one. boyfriend now? Yes. Really? One, my whole life. Yeah. Were you with him when I was in the band the first time? No. I was just I was doing the lone thing, man. Just okay. putting on my desperation into music. Well, that's... Does a lot. Morrissey style. Yeah. Well, you weren't just you know, out I there. Like, I wish I was in a relationship. Da, da, da. Kind of. Yeah. For most I of I mean, that's intelligence at its best. I don't you think it's intelligent. Sometimes it's just like... 
didn't just didn't work out. Just was didn't. Yeah. Maybe I'm too picky, or I'm just mean. Probably. <laughs> Some people aren't picky enough. I'm like exactly. Yeah. It's never good to settle on anything. Bringing it back full circle to the Do songwriting. It. You settle oh, on a song. You put it on the record. You put it out, and you got to live your whole life Dude. knowing that I half-assed this piece of material uh-huh. to you know fill time on a record. That is something people don't know who don't do this. They're About like oh. feller song. Yeah, they're they're like oh no you yeah. you know mean everything, but that one doesn't sound very good. Yeah, and usually people. One thing I tell everybody who who listens to music is I'm like you have a better ear than you think. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you hear a certain song and you're like, I don't like that song, it's probably garbage. It's probably like inauthentic yeah. and not well done. It you was know? just stitched together yeah. to fill time. And people can sense it, even if they can't describe why. Yeah. That's kind of what's good about my brother Alex. He's always like, Adam and I are really musical, but Alex is more mm-hmm. like, that sucks because of this. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't feel, it feels bull- like bullshit. I call bullshit on it. That's good to have the different perspectives. Like, because somebody who can't exactly explain why it's kind of like a filtered search when you turn when you filter your search and you plug in all these things these little critiques and critiques like that's the fucking list that you're running down and so you're thinking about every single aspect but Alex can give you the perspective of an actual consumer exactly. of the music yeah. you know our producer's the same way. He's really good about, like, he's like, I don't always know what makes a song sound yeah. good. I mean, he's brilliant, but he's like, I just know if I like it. And he's yeah. like, that's a consumer mentality. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what you, uh, you would, you would said something really profound that I was off tracking. You said, oh yeah, you have to live with, I did this and it's out there and I can't take it back. Yeah. That is don't, such don't a scary Don't say which feeling. one it is because then everybody will avoid that song when... You know, it could possibly be someone's favorite song. I don't really You're just never going to hear it live. But I don't really put stuff out I don't yeah, believe in. Neither do I. I try really hard. There's nothing on any, especially any backseaters material. There's that never been like, oh, anything shit. that I didn't get stoked about. Good. And I mean, there are some songs, like the first draft of Phantom that I uh, wrote, I was like, this is all right, but what's crazy is the thing that changed it for me is I put a capo on that first fret, and then I sang it, you know, a little higher, a little differently, and then I got these harmonies Dude, for it, and then I was that like, that can make all the difference. I love this song. So I had this song that you, you, I gave to you to play at the end, so people will hear it. It's not on a record yet. Yeah. But I had played this song since I was like twenty six. I wrote it, and it's about failure. Mm-hmm. which is a really good song to be releasing right now. So the next project we're going to do is going to be called Failure to Launch. Okay. Because we just we had someone say that about us. One of yeah. our in-laws was like, yeah, they failed to launch. They kind of suck dick, you know, and we're like, mm. so we're kind of playing on that, and we're like, I'm not going to let that get me down. I'm going to own that and be like, hey, let's hear just a few songs that feel like that because this is what it – so the song – to, to your point, I yeah. I had played it for years and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I loved the lyrics and I loved the melody, but I'm like, it just never came together. So I popped a capo on like the second fret and I sang it a tone up and I was like, and then all of a sudden this the power of your voice, like you're probably talking about the song yeah. on, the, on the Phantom. 
and then the har- new harmonies and the things that you start to hear and feel with it, hits it the can, sweet spots in your brain. It can totally do that. Yep. So I was like riffing on the bridge I came up with, and I was like, now I love this song. Yeah. And then I made it work with the produ- production. But it took me seven drafts. Wow. Seven drafts, probably at least. I've definitely done the, done that with songs. If if you if you believe in it. Yeah. So it I've, took me but a long time. There, on the adverse side of that, you really got to know when you have to lay something you, to rest. Absolutely. Because you could be chasing something. And, you know, nine times out of ten, when I'm chasing something, I ask myself why I'm chasing mm, it. Good, and good. And usually it's because I think it's going to be catchy and people are going to like it. That's weird. Which is not a good perspective to have if you're a songwriter and you want to perform songs that you actually feel. I have such weird feelings about that because I think you're 100% right. Yeah. But I've had two or three songs that like uh, swear you off on the record as well mm-hmm. as Let Go. Let Go got placed on a cable TV show. You know how many times I had to rework that song? And how it, to the point where I was like, yeah. I'm just trying to make this work. And it's mm-hmm. the one that got placed. And I'm like, I don't know. I was good instincts i guess but sometimes working hard at it works but you're right there's a huge point as a songwriter where you go throw that song in the garbage yeah it's not good take maybe take the heart of the points that were true Mm -hmm. and if a new song comes up that's similar you can marry it a little bit yep i've done that before it's a little stitching a little patchworky i do that a lot with lyrics but yeah if you got something good yeah i mean i've i've done that i've borrowed from old stuff and i'm like this is too good to let go or maybe I'm just like full of myself and I'm like, oh, you're so poetic and philosophical. Don't let that go. Every artist has backburner songs. Mm-hmm. And like Bob Dylan said about Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. When he wrote it, he was super young and he didn't really know. He said that he didn't really know what it meant. He didn't really feel it. Thank God it wasn't a backburner song. Um, but oh, a lot weird. of times I feel like that's what happens. And I was talking to Phil from water aerobics about it last night that songwriting is fucking weird because you it pull is. this thing out of nowhere, uh, this piece of music that doesn't exist and you it's... pull it out of nowhere and make it. And okay. maybe sometimes you get stoked on this idea, write this song, but you're like, I don't exactly feel it. But then you come back to it. It's like some albums, like the National, their album High Violet, I didn't get it. And then I came back to it two years later and and I was like, like, I feel every single lyric on this song, you know, so I don't think it's a bad thing to have backburner songs. No, but I'm going to, and I'm going to switch a little bit up and say, I'm going to sound totally douchey, but whatever. Like the reason the Greeks had an idea of the muses Mm -hmm. is because of that concept of, where does this come from? There's this, like, yeah. like I had a song I wrote called Tomorrow on our album, and most people are like, that's my favorite song because I connect to it. And mm-hmm. I wrote it so fast because yeah. it just happened. It was like your subconscious. Yep. And so so one weird thing I did on this record, I want to say, due to, to that point of pulling it out of nowhere, the, the ancient poets had an idea that they call on the muses and say, hey, give me inspiration you know bless me bitch yes exactly (laughs) so the christian version is you know god give me some inspiration so dante wrote that in the beginning of his great work which is considered the greatest you know poetry ever written yeah by most people so i took the line in italian 
O muse o arto ingenio armaiotate, which is like, O muse's divine voice, give me, come and speak these things I want to say well. That's really and so beautiful, that's the front. That's the first song on our record. It's called Invocation. It's called an invocation when you say, okay. give me this power. And it's bizarre that I did that. Because you're invoking. You're invoking it. And then the innocence experience is referring to William Blake's childhood poetry. So it's uh, douchey. But. I think the last time I played with you guys, we definitely played Constellations. Constellations. Undefeated? We, I think maybe Undefeated. Yeah, we did Undefeated. Um, but yeah, what... Uh, Flash of Life is the name. Flash of, the of Life album. is the name of the album, and um, when Alex and I it's on and Spotify, iTunes, check it out, peeps. And Alex, uh, Alex's dog was our family dog. Yeah, this is a weird aside as well. When he died in 2014, we were all in a weird place in life. All of our lives were transitioning, and when he died, it was like this anchor, yeah, to your life and to youth. That when he was gone... I love dogs way more than most people. Yeah. Well, it was so <laughs> weird. It was killed us. Yeah. He was almost a symbol of that life we lost. Mm-hmm. And so when he was gone, I, I, was, I remember writing the lyrics and I was like... I wrote it in a way that was like, he's looking down on us, which sounds funny. But I thought it was kind of... It's kind of a ghost. It's the phantom thing, which yeah. is so creepy. Because we're like, are you looking down or chasing us through you know, these fields we used to run through and stuff. It sounds so cheesy, but, and, it, and it's saying, um, the, the whole, the point of calling it flash of life was that the song ends with, um, or the album ends, or the, the chorus ends with, we all grow up and we all get old. And it's this weird, yeah. like, I, oh my God, like we're so old now. And it's not a negative thing. And it's it like, it happens so fast. It does. And it's not even negative. It's like, enjoy what you have and enjoy you know i know it sounds so cliche the but youth or what is it what is the saying something is wasted on the youth or oh, youth uh, is wasted youth is on, wasted on the young i think it yeah is. something like that and so it's like just enjoy everything and 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 don't it's a flash of life it really is it's just mm-hmm. here and gone so cliche as it is it's true you know on the smallest level of that i try and be so in the moment on friday nights because i'm like it's the start of the weekend because you get to Monday and you're like, what the fuck happened to oh, my weekend? Yeah, yeah. So I try and like hone in on like, that's a I'm good here way to do Friday, that. Saturday. I got to sleep in. I am here and enjoying, enjoying it this. and I'm holding it. as I am as sleeping until 12. This is good. So it was fun to do. Uh, we did yeah. have to take, when did this one come out? Was it last year or two years ago? It came out like about eight months ago, February. Okay. So in uh, the last song, I did have to take off of the record because we had sampled Utada Hikaru, which is my favorite J-pop singer. Okay. And they were like, uh, you're going to get in trouble. So they took it off. Because you couldn't devastated. get permissions or something? Well, we just, you can't. She's like sold 50 million albums or something. Yeah. So you can't really like, hey, Utada, we're in nobodies in Colorado. Well, Death like, Cab for Cutie got a Yoko Ono sample. Really? On their new album, yeah, on their song "Gold Rush." Oh yeah, I heard that actually. Yeah, I forgot bop, they did that. Bop, 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 so bop, I was bop. sad because I made it work and I loved the song because it was all. This is how geeky we are. I took a sample from an SNES game, Super Nintendo game, 
And so I wrote a whole song over this 40 seconds. So see what you think of that song when you're done. Okay. It's bizarre. And it summarizes the album and then a few of the old, the themes from the other songs come into it. I just changed the key mm-hmm. to fit the song. So it was like, I spent the most time on that song and there it goes. <laughs> Damn. So I was pretty upset about that, but it's on the CD. So, Hey, now you have the illegal copy. That's what B sides are for. Except I got to take Utada out still or they'll sue me. Fuck them. I know, but then I'll be more poorer than How I How are am they going to know? You know? That's what I thought, because they're like, should we know about any of the album here with the sampling? This sounds... Susp-. Actually, we had to change another sample that was from Zelda, too. There's so. internet code algorithms that go through. I know, go, it's wait, becoming... Wait, 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 This is not acceptable. Hold your horses there, Mr. Mr. Club. Mr. Utada. Mrs. Utada. Mr. Host Club. What do you think you're doing? Because we wanted to do our white. That's cultural appropriation. Yeah, don't do that. I know we're all we're not very diverse, considering we're all related. <laughs> you are white, but we do have wigs on and those, you know, like yeah. pink hair. Since I don't have hair anymore because of age, I blame testosterone. I have gray hair. Fuck yeah, you don't. Yeah, I do. I'll show you when I, I take you. these headphones off. A lot of stress. You. Playing music. It'll give you gray hair. 100%. It will. And to the note of the whole, when I saw your name of the podcast, Don't Start a Band, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, don't start a band. <laughs> and then I listened to your first episode, and you're like, I'm actually saying to do it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, because I was so jaded and old and negative that I'm like, yeah, don't start a band, nobody. I feel like anybody who has played music for a little while, the first time they read that title, they go, yeah, fucking don't. That's what I did. But it's more like a You're don't right. start a band, dot, 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 until you know these things. Yeah, and also, it doesn't matter if you and I never get anywhere. Like, this is a yeah. fucking amazing thing to get to do. 100%. And it is. I'll never forget, like, my most memorable shows are with you guys. Opening for Blink, playing a sold oh, out yeah. show at the Fox Theater. Like... The Gothic. I loved the Gothic. We played at the Gothic. That's the one and only time I've played at the Gothic Theater. And it was theater. epic. Yeah. We did that whole like intro and I sang that weird country mm-hmm. thing. And then we went, remember? And you were and, like, and I. It was a bomb. I bullied you into doing a backflip when I was in the band. That's right. Because you could do a standing backflip and I. And he's like, do it begged you every show please 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 back foot back foot back foot and the funny thing was because like if you had been like the gymnast like lead singer oh my god people would have been electrified but i'm like so like, dry and i'm like and i will we'll do a backflip Ta-ta, looks like you know what backflip <laughs> just out of context completely so anyway but this was t- so great we need to do another one for like four hours that no one will listen to but we will and be like we're amazing some, you know what? I listen to four-hour podcasts. I do sometimes. Uh, you know, uh, you knew who um, Ben Shapiro is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. him. Yeah, do you know who Steven Crowder is? Yes. He's the say something Yeah, totally yeah, 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 yeah. Like, change, change my, my mind. mind. Yeah. Uh, I listened to a four-hour podcast with him today. Jeez. That was crazy. But He's funny. Um, what are your plans the future here. We you have know, a, you're writing new material. I'm always writing because this yeah. is what I do. It's just what you do too. Yeah, I can't not do it. No, you just can't not. 
Phil said the most profound thing last uh, last night. He said, um, "Real musicians don't. Um, you don't play music because you want to. You play music because you have to." Yeah, and they they asked uh, C.S. Lewis that the guy who wrote Narnia, he's my favorite yeah. author, and he said they said, "How do you write books?" And he said, "It's an itch." And if I don't scratch it, I'll go crazy. I just become a shitty, bitter. You have to do it. Turd. If I don't play music, it's it's so strange. But yeah, our our goal is we're we're just we we have a good publishing deal. We work with a really good studio. They mix our stuff wonderfully. We have, we split. What's know, the studio called? Consonants uh, Productions. Shout out, publishing. Consonants. They're amazing. Yeah, check them out down off Mississippi and Broadway. Really good work, and he does he mixes the movie trailers. Like, really like iron man like he mixes those trailers so he's a it's it's an honor to have that kind of talent mixing our stuff and he believes in us i don't know why well he has grammys doesn't he yeah oh yeah he's he's worked with no doubt and madonna and it's crazy because like, there's so many like... people like regardless of no doubt madonna when the grammys happen there's so many people that get grammys they're just not at the award show Oh yeah. Well, because they're like bullshit. Let's be honest. Like it's a fucking like Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. He wins everything. Yeah, he's good, but give someone else a chance. God. Yeah. I'm. I'm that's why I'm so sick for of most it. Syllables in a word goes to you. The host club. Okay. Thank you. So yeah, we're gonna put out a new album. Like I said, um, Alex told me yesterday he came up with the cover. It's a little kid building a big Lego castle, and then these adults are standing around crushing it. It's called Failure to Launch. Nice. So we're stoked about it just because we're always going to do this. Yeah. So That's what we do. They are helping you record it? Um, yeah, Adam does lead guitar stuff, and Alex is more of a production person right now. Yeah. So, um, I, But I do most of it right now. I do everything except for guitar. Adam does the guitar stuff, but yeah. I love the megal. Uh, you know me. I'm a megalomaniac. I gotta do everything. But you're not though. You keep <laughs> saying that, and like maybe it's an inside perception. That's the beautiful thing about this podcast too. Is like maybe you know in any other context, if you were like doing an interview, people would be like, "Holy shit, this guy is full of himself." <laughs> but like you can hear it in your, you can hear the uh, humility in your voice because you're hope. like. I'm a megalomaniac, but it's so like, yeah. I'm full of shit. You say it and you don't mean it. A hundred percent. You're just, you're talented. You're modest, and you know, I you just believe in what you do. I do. That, and that's not a. You don't have to be proud to believe in what you do. No. You just have to be into wrong it. With that. No. Uh, so tell us about the the song we're gonna end the podcast. Oh, with. I'll tell you about it. I'm, I'm really, really. This is the best description of what it's like to struggle to be where you're at without hitting the success you wanted. It's a it's called yeah. the loser's anthem and it's basically saying is it okay if I don't win? Is it okay if I fucking fall on my face at the finish line while everybody else goes past me? Yeah. Is that okay? And then and I the bridge is the most I might be most proud of that than anything I've ever done. Yeah. Because I got, I wrote this a few months ago, 
and I had written the song years ago, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy because it's like it, it epitom it, it epitomi- uh, what do you call it personifies truth, and she's this beautiful woman. And the uh, the lyric is um, what is the lyric? It's like uh, the lies you tell yourself grow weak until they're not enough. In truth, she breaks in your window, and you have to make up. So it's saying like you're trying to escape what the reality is. But eventually you're barred in this place. You're not going to let anybody in and truth breaks in. And she surprises like drugs. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but she surprises you not with a beating, but with yeah. like a, like, I mean, I'll pull you away from the edge and I'll, I'll yeah. give you, I'll remind you of what this really means. And so to me, I was like, I got this one right. And I, and I hope people hear it and I hope they can say, if you fuck up, if you fail, if you feel like nobody, so do the rest of us. And it's totally fine. A lot do of your us. thing. You just never, and honestly, the people who do fall on their face, you don't really hear about that as often. Like, you don't no, hear, you hear the about the, yeah, you hear about the winners. Mm-hmm. It's always And it's okay. Like, Even though the people okay. who fell on their face and got back up, maybe they didn't make it up to the top, but the fact that they didn't stop that's way harder than just getting your lucky break and shooting yeah. out of the fucking it is. atmosphere. So. And you learn so much about yourself and about what you care about. And I think that's when mu- really good music comes up because yeah. people are writing it not because they're getting paid millions, mm-hmm. but because they are like, I love this and this has to come out of me or I'll go crazy. This is probably the most philosophical podcast good. I've done that's, yet. That's my job. Beautiful. That's Many life concepts and... It's real. I think everyone's gonna enjoy it. It was fun. Yes. Let's do it 100%. again. I like how we could li- like before the podcast we talked for like an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's like let's try to like next time we'll start it earlier. Except we'll, we'll set keep it up out on something. Saturday. Yeah, and you know we can get out all the um, other subjects we talked about. We, talk about. we can get all that out and then. By the time we go live, then all we'll have to talk about is the musical stuff. Exactly. So, but you're definitely, um, you know, this isn't a one-time thing where the guests are just going to be on one yeah, time, like, you know. Yeah, I'm like, we have to do it yeah, again because I have definitely fun. coming back on. Lots of fun. So I'll make so, sure that happens. Hell yeah. I'll blow up your fucking phone, bitch. Like, you'll never get rid of me. <laughs> fine like a bad you'd be the only one are you still love me i don't even know i'm so worried right now (laughs) i'm checking out your facebook status and why are we not hanging out why are you there without just you fucking bitch or with her on your phone you didn't reply (laughs) you were looking at anyway uh so it's been real thank you for coming on the don't start a band podcast it's awesome if you heard that that was a fist bump and uh i forgot you to say that this is The Loser's Anthem by The Host Club. Thanks, guys.